Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and thank you for joining us again. Welcome if it's your first time. We are exploring the highways and byways of classic recorded jazz, and today we're going to be featuring some pretty little-known recordings by a pretty well-known band leader. The band leader was named Charlie Barnett. Charles Daly Barnett was born in New York City in 1913. Uh, he came from a very wealthy family, which allowed him to pursue uh, his interests in music and women. Uh, together. Uh, they went hand-in-hand hand all through the 1930s and 40s, and he eventually retired uh, in the late 1940s, early 50s, coming out of retirement occasionally to lead bands, but he was very well off and had a very interesting life, shall we say. Uh, as I said, he was born in 1913. By the time he was 16 or 17, he was already leading bands, including on a cruise ship uh, that went back and forth to uh, Europe, and uh, he got his band-leading chops up that way. He had become a proficient tenor saxophone player. He played alto sax and soprano sax as well, and also played a little bit of piano. And in this early stage in his career, also considered himself a singer. And uh, truth be known, he was probably a cut or two better than most band leaders who attempted to sing. And uh, he always had a good good taste in personnel, and he had a good taste in music. He was an early uh, fan of both the Duke Ellington and the Count Basie orchestras, and he copied their styles on various tunes. Um, he found his greatest fame in about 1938-39, when he started making recordings like Skyliner and Cherokee and uh, Pompton Turnpike, things like that. Uh, that rocketed him to the top levels of big bands, uh, but he was recording as early as 1930. And we're going to start out with a couple of tunes from his first sessions. The first one uh, was done for Banner on October 9th of 1933. It's called Buckin' the Wind, and it features a, a group that I don't know exactly where he came up with this group. At some point, he took over uh, the remnants of one of the Joe Hames bands. We've done a podcast on Joe Hames in the past, and uh, he had a, a way of putting together fine bands and then either selling them to other band leaders or turning them loose after a while and then reforming. And somehow Charlie Barnett ended up with one of those groups. This might have been one of them. Uh, we have on trumpets Toots Camarada, Gordon Griffin, otherwise known as Chris Griffin, and Eddie Myers. Uh, on trombone, we have Russ Jenner and or Bill McVeigh. Charlie Barnett plays soprano, alto, and tenor sax. George Bone and Les Cooper uh, and Don Morris play uh, alto saxes and clarinets. I believe Don Morris is the clarinet soloist. Jack Henderson plays tenor sax. Bill Miller, who later became Frank Sinatra's accompanist, plays piano. Buford Turner on guitar, Pete Peterson on bass, and Rudy DeJulius on drums. And uh, in this case, Buck in the Wind, we're going to hear a vocal by a woman named Helen Heath, uh, who is otherwise unknown to me. So these were, as I said, recordings that were made several sessions for the Banner recording label. And uh, they were pretty much straight dance band tunes, but there were some good jazz moments here and there. I'm picking uh, the two that I picked because I think they have some interesting moments. We, uh, as I said, begin with Buck in the Wind. Then we're going to go to the great standard Emmeline, which had been recorded right around the same time by Mildred Bailey. Here it features a vocal by... Charlie Barnett. Then we're going to go to uh, Barnett's first recording date for Bluebird Records. This was done in January of 1935. He had uh, uh, started fronting a band at the Roosevelt Hotel in New Orleans, and apparently he was not a big success. He uh, 
ran afoul of uh, Huey Long, the, the, the great governor and politician and, and, and kingmaker down there. And Huey Long, as the story goes, uh, enticed the band to go to a bordello uh, at one point and then had it raided. And so they ended up in jail and that was the end of the Hotel Roosevelt. Uh, but the band did make this recording date, which actually was quite a, uh, an efficient recording date, releasing six sides, some of which are excellent jazz tunes. We're going to start with the tune Growlin', which sounds like a, uh, one of the Mills Blue Rhythm Band tunes, and I think it was, although it's credited to Charlie Barnett in this case. After that, we're going to hear Nagasaki, the jazz tune from the 20s, here done in an arrangement by Benny Carter. And then we're going to finish up this set with Fare Thee Well, Annabelle, uh, an Eddie Sauter arrangement in his very early days with a vocal by Marion Nichols. And that tune uh, was by Allie Rebell and Dixon. And uh, in this band, this is a little bit of a uh, question mark band, don't know who's in it entirely, but we're going to hear Eddie Sauter playing trumpet in addition to uh, arranging. Chris Griffin, again on trumpet, don't know the trombone or trombones. Don Morris again on clarinet and alto sax. Charlie Barnett on tenor and soprano alto. Probably at least one more saxophone. On piano, in this case, is Red Norvo, one of his few recordings on piano. He was recording on vibraharp and xylophone and so forth as early as this. Uh, don't know who the guitar or bass was. On drums, we have Bill Gusak. So those are the, the players that we have for that set. So this is the first Charlie Barnett set we're going to do. For Banner Records in 1933, we're going to hear Buck in the Wind. Then Emmeline, which I didn't mention, was from March 23rd of 1934. Then, the Bluebird Session, we're going to hear Growlin', Nagasaki, and Fare Thee Well, Annabelle, all done by Charlie Barnett and his orchestra. Thank you. 
at the station, fare thee well, Annabelle. And I know you need a little consolation, fare thee well, Annabelle. Now when you feel that you're out in the rain, think of me in that Pullman train. On a cold observation car, looking for you in the dark, all in vain. I will send a telegram at every station, fare thee well, Annabelle. If your family wants a bit of information, say that I am doing swell. And when I come back with a pocket full of Jack, you'll have something grand to tell. Cause I'll take you on a honeymoon vacation, fare thee well, Annabelle. some good examples of early period swing done by Charlie Barnett and his orchestra. We started out with Buckin' the Wind, which came from a Bing Crosby movie and uh, was composed by Sam Coslow and Arthur Johnson. Kind of an interesting tune. Had a neat little arrangement built in. Don't know who did the arrangement in that case. The vocal was by Helen Heath. And that was from October 9th of 1933, recorded for Banner. And then we followed it up with Emmeline from March 23rd, 1934, also recorded for Banner. Both of those recorded in New York. Uh, Emmeline had a vocal by Charlie Barnett, which, as I said, was not a, he was not a terrible singer, which many band leaders probably were. Uh, but he could uh, put forth a tune pretty well. And uh, we're going to hear several other examples of his vocalizing coming up. And heard uh, in solo in that band were probably Chris Griffin on trumpet, uh, Certainly t uh, Charlie Barnett on tenor sax. We might have heard a little bit of Bill Miller on piano. And uh, if there was some clarinet in there, it was by Don Morris. And the clarinet was featured much more prominently on the next three tunes, or two of the next three tunes at any rate, which were recorded in New Orleans on January 21st of 1935. And uh, these were done for Bluebird, the subsidiary of RCA Victor. Uh, I believe it was Don Morris. Charlie Barnett did play some clarinet, but uh, the fellow featured here was a fairly uh, technically good clarinet player, and, and Barnett has heard more on tenor sax anyway. We started out with a tune credited to the leader called Growlin'. As I said, it really did sound like something the Mills Blue Rhythm Band would have recorded about that time. They did a, a tune called The Growl, which was by Edgar Hayes in a very different tune, but uh, you get the sense of what was going on there. And then we followed that up with Nagasaki, the Benny Carter arrangement, a very uh, intricate arrangement that featured a very good band playing this music. And again, we don't know who was in this band uh, to a large degree. Uh, we have um, uh, Chris Griffin probably playing trumpet and the trumpet solos, that clarinet player. It's a pity we don't know the guitar player who was featured quite extensively and is an excellent guitar player, Charlie Barnett on tenor sax. Uh, and around the corners and in between, we heard Red Norvo playing piano, mostly rhythm piano in that case. Then we finished up with Fare Thee Well, Annabelle, that arrangement by Eddie Sauter of a tune that was done by uh, Rebel and Dixon. And it seems like that tune was in some ways the prototype for Johnny Mercer's tune, Goody Goody, uh, melodically and harmonically uh, very similar in a lot of places. And I think this tune uh, predated that by some time. 
And that one featured a vocal by Marion Nichols. So we're going to play one more tune from that session, that January 21st, 1935 session, another Benny Carter tune, which he called Devil's Holiday, but here uh, was released as On a Holiday. Again, features for all the fellows in the band, and uh, a good jazz tune. As I said, uh, Charlie Barnett was very attracted to African-American jazz musicians and bands. He was, of course, a white band leader, although he has the distinction of being one of the earliest white band leaders to integrate his band, to have some African-Americans in there, of course. Benny Goodman was probably about the first. Jimmy Dorsey did his part, as did Artie Shaw, but Charlie Barnett had uh, several uh, black players in his ranks, including John Kirby and uh, on bass and several others as well. Peanuts Holland on trumpet, and uh, I think Trummy Young was with him for a while on trombone. So quite a few uh, players. He was a very liberal-minded fellow, and uh, his choice of repertoire demonstrates that. So after On a Holiday, we're going to go to a tune that is uh, more associated with Fats Waller, Crosspatch. Um, this is a tune that is going to feature yet another Charlie Barnett vocal, an effective one, too. This was recorded uh, on May 13th of 1936 for ARC, the various labels that fell under the rubric of the American Record Company, Brunswick and so forth. This band uh, was a more permanent organization, Charlie Barnett and his orchestra. We're going to hear Frank Amaral, Kermit Simmons, and Joe Hostetter on trumpets. Um, I believe it was Joe Hostetter who played the solos. On trombones, we have Buzz Smith and John Doyle, Charlie Barnett, of course, on tenor, alto, and soprano sax. Uh, George Vaughn and Don Morris, again, on clarinet and alto. Don Morris, I'm guessing, again, is the clarinet player. Also on tenor, we have Willard Brady. Bob Parks plays tenor. He also sings a bit. We're not going to hear any of his vocals. Horace Diaz on piano. He was with Barnett for quite a while. Frank Klinger on guitar. Sid Weiss on bass. And Julie Mendelssohn on drums. And as I said, that will be cross-patch. Then we're going to go to another uh, kind of second-tier standard, I guess you'd have to say. This is called Did You Mean It? It was recorded by Ella Fitzgerald uh, with the Chick Webb Band, also a guest shot with the Benny Goodman Band. This Greer and Dixon tune came from Barnett's uh, September 24th, 1936 Bluebird recording session. He was switching over to an ex be almost an exclusively RCA Victor artist, with one uh, exception we're going to hear in a few minutes. So that uh, Did You Mean It uh, featured a band that was similar to the one we just heard, or we uh, heard on uh, Crosspatch. George Kennedy, Irving Goodman, and Kermit Simmons on trumpets. Sonny Lee and John Doyle on trombone. George Vaughn and Don Morris on Clarence and Altos, Willard Brady and Murray Williams in this case on tenor, along with the leader, of course, Horace Diaz on piano, Scoop Thompson on guitar, Sid Weiss again on bass, and Billy Flanagan on drums. I should mention that in the first three sessions or so done for Bluebird in June, uh, August, and September of 1936 were released under the name of Charlie Barnett and his Glen Island Casino Orchestra, uh, paying tribute to the venue where Barnett found his first real taste of fame, I guess you'd have to say. So after Did You Mean It, we're going to go uh, on to a tune that uh, was probably more famous from his Jack Teagarden and Frank Trumbauer vocal or, or recording session. This is I'm an Old Cowhand, which comes from that June 1st, 1936 uh, session and features a similar band, slightly different reed section. George Vaughn and Don Morris on Clarent and Alto, Willard Brady and Bob Parks on tenors in that case, largely the same band. Then we're going to go to... Uh, 
an instrumental version of a waltz, actually. This is Irving Berlin's tune, Always. And this is one of the first, I'd have to say, kind of hot instrumental versions uh, of a tune done by the Charlie Barnett Orchestra. And we're going to hear Barnett featured extensively on tenor. And uh, I'm not sure who the trombone player is, either Buzz Smith or John Doyle. This was a recording session done on August 3rd of 1936. And this was a tune that Irving Berlin had composed for the Marx Brothers stage show, The Coconuts, in the middle 1920s. And uh, the Marx Brothers being the Marx Brothers, they got rid of anything sentimental or, or, or romantic, or they parodied it to the point where it wasn't of much use. And this tune was ultimately cut from the score. And uh, Berlin said in later years that was the only show he ever wrote where he didn't have a hit song, and uh, that was probably because Always was taken out and put in elsewhere. So those are our tunes for Charlie Barnett and his orchestra and his Glen Island Casino Orchestra. We're going to hear On a Holiday, aka Devil's Holiday, then Crosspatch, Did You Mean It, I'm an Old Cow Hand, and Always. <laughs>
so cross Won't you tumble off your high horse You know you love to be loved Cross paths If you feel the wind change they say It will make your face stay that way And then you'll never be loved Cultivate a smile sweet and sunny You can catch a fly with honey You're acting so spoiled Shame, shame Everybody knows your name Cross that Don't you know what takes two to fight Won't you kiss and make up tonight You know you love to be loved
in the Rio Grande But my legs ain't clothed And my cheeks ain't tanned I'm a cowboy who never saw a cow Never roped a steer cause I don't know how And I sure ain't fixin' to start it now Yippee-i-oh-ki-yay Yippee-i-oh-ki-yay
So some good evolutionary swing, I would call it, from Charlie Barnett and his orchestra, starting with that uh, Benny Carter tune, Devil's Holiday, called On a Holiday in this case. We had Charlie Barnett recording for a Bluebird in January of 1935, before he signed his exclusive contract with that label. And we heard, as I said, Chris Griffin on trumpet, probably Don Morris on clarinet, some great leader Charlie Barnett on tenor sax in that case, and some more fine guitar by whoever that was. Then we went on to begin the... Um, Victor series released on Bluebird that carried Barnett into the early 40s, mid 40s really, and later found him having his great successes. As I mentioned, Cherokee was his big hit, but also Redskin Rumba and uh, Skyliner, Ponton Turnpike, uh, Drop Me Off in Harlem, all those different tunes. He had a very hard swinging band even from these early days and uh, According to uh, survivors, uh, including him, he wrote an autobiography later on. It was a hard partying band as well. Quite a lot of fun to play in the Charlie Barnett band, apparently. So we went on to Crosspatch, featuring a vocal by the leader. Very effective vocal, I would say. And uh, that was done for the ARC label, I should say. That was not one of the Victor tracks. And that featured probably, I think it was Kermit Simmons playing the trumpet solos uh, in that case. It was not Joe Hostetter who uh, took a vocal on the tune um, after that. I'm an old cowhand. Uh, actually, it was two tunes later, because it was a trumpet solo leading into or leading out of the vocal. It couldn't have been he. He, uh, Hoster, had played with the Casaloma Band and was a, a good jazz player and a good uh, singer as well. Then after uh, that tune, um, we talked about Crosspatch, we're going to go, we went on to Did You Mean It, which was another Charlie Barnett vocal from September of 1938, again featuring some good trumpet by uh, probably Kermit Simmons, and uh, good playing by the leader as well. And then to I'm an Old Cow Hand, which was uh, close to being an out-and-out -out jazz tune, minus the vocal, had some excellent tenor sax and trumpet as well. And then we finished up with that very swinging arrangement of Always. I don't know who did the arrangement. Uh, doesn't uh, say on the label or uh, in any of the discographies, but a very good performance of a very good arrangement featuring Barnett on tenor and probably, well, either Buzz Smith or John Doyle on trombones and, again, uh, Kermit Simmons on trumpet. So very good playing there. That was done on August 3rd of 1936. So we have one more set of Charlie Barnett. Uh, that was a... a, a could have, could have been a, a radio catchphrase by him. One more set of Charlie Barnett. He had done a he did a tune later on called the Wrong Idea. He did uh, flip sides, the Right Idea, where he imitated the Count Basie band, and the Wrong Idea, where he imitated uh, the Sammy K band doing the very sweet music. And uh, it was subtitled Swing and Sweat with Charlie Barnett, which uh, earned him a lawsuit, I think, from Sammy K. But anyway. We are going to start the next set with You Do the Darndest Things, Baby, another Charlie Barnett vocal. This was a tune that uh, uh, exists, I think, in an air check by the Count Basie band uh, featuring Jimmy Rushing. So it was a tune that had some, uh, some prominence at the time by uh, Lou Pollock and Sidney Mitchell. And that was done uh, on, again on September 24th, 1936. Then we're going to end up the program with four tunes that he did, not for Victor and not under his own name, but as a kind of a rent-a-band thing, uh, recording for the Variety label, which uh, I think was an Irving Mills label. Irving Mills was 
had been Duke Ellington's manager, and I think he started this label. It was uh, managed by Helen Oakley, who later married Stanley Dance and became Helen Oakley Dance. And the four tunes that we're going to hear were released as by the California Ramblers, which was one of the most prominent uh, white groups of the 1920s playing hot dance music, and periodically some tunes were released under their name in the 1930s. And this was the last session. had nothing to do with the California Ramblers. It was Charlie Barnett's orchestra. In this case, Art Lombardi, Frank Barati, and Al Stewart on trumpets, uh, Bob Fischel and James Curry on trombones, Dave Gottwalls, uh, Joe Estrin, and Henry Galtman on altos and clarinets, Kurt Bloom on tenor sax, who became a, a key member of the Barnett Band, Charlie Barnett, of course, taking the solos, John Nicolino on piano, uh, Tom Morgan on guitar, Bob Eldon on bass, and Buddy Schutz on drums. So this was kind of a transitional uh, band, and I'm not sure if this was a blend of the Barnett and some other band. It was recorded on May 6th of 1937, and the next day, May 7th, uh, he recorded under his own name for Bluebird with a uh, basically a different uh, trumpet section and some different reed players as well, I think. So the band in transition at the time. The four tunes we are going to hear are, in order, the Fletcher Henderson tune and arrangement on Down South Camp Meeting, Swingin' Down to Rio, which was a, a tune uh, from uh, a movie at the time. It was actually by Charlie Barnett, or it was in tribute to, I think, one of the Fred Astaire movies. Then another Benny Carter tune, Take My Word, which is uh, an excellent jazz vehicle. And then we're going to end up with a little bit of an unusual uh, tune, a tune called Chris and His Gang by Fletcher Henderson. This was recorded by Henderson's band in Chicago, featuring Chew Berry and Roy Eldridge and that group. Uh, I don't think it was recorded by any other band, but it gives you an idea of Charlie Barnett's uh, attention uh, paid to African-American bands of the time. So we're going to hear... That group. First of all, Charlie Barnett and his orchestra, You Do the Darndest Things, Baby, and then the California Ramblers doing Down South Camp Meeting, uh, Swinging Down to Rio, Take My Word, and Chris and His Gang. <laughs> In the head, laddie, you do the darndest thing, baby. But oh, you're so doggone cute with it all. Mm-hmm. 
That was Charlie Barnett and his orchestra. It was Glen Island Casino Orchestra, followed by the California Ramblers. We started out with the tune, You Do the Darndest Things, Baby, uh, vocal by Charlie Barnett. September 24th, 1936, for Victor, released on the Bluebird label. And uh, interesting group uh, that changed over almost completely by, what was it, seven or eight months later, when they recorded for Variety as the California Ramblers. And we heard those four tunes, good jazz versions of Down South Camp Meeting, the Fletcher Henderson tune and arrangement, featured a trumpet, who I think might have been Al Stewart. It's a little hard to tease out who the trumpet players were <coughs> soloing on these. Uh, it was a little bit later that Bobby Burnett joined the band, and he became uh, one of the star soloists in the group. He had a very Bunny Berrigan, Harry James type of sound, although he could do great imitations of Cootie Williams and even Rex Stewart. So after Down South Camp Meeting, we heard the Charlie Barnett original, Swingin' Down to Rio, featuring the leader and the trumpet again, and then two tunes that were really extensive features for Charlie Barnett. We heard Take My Word, the Benny Carter tune, which also featured a great saxophone soli chorus, which uh, Benny Carter was, of course, known for, and then Chris and His Gang, that uh, riff-based tune that Fletcher Henderson had recorded, probably in tribute to his hit recording of Christopher Columbus, which was done a little bit earlier than that. So I hope you've enjoyed this Charlie Barnett program. These are recordings that uh, don't often get played when Charlie Barnett tributes are aired and so forth. These are his earlier uh, recordings, done from 1933 all the way up to 1937. And we may be doing another podcast coming up a little bit later on some of his thesaurus transcriptions and live dates and so forth. So thank you for joining us today. This is the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and hope you make a habit of checking in with us and seeing what we're up to. We're up to about 400 podcasts or so as of the recording of this one. And uh, if you'd like to help us out and become a member of the family, we encourage you to do so. If you'd like to hit that little button to become a sustaining sponsor, a monthly basis, or just a one-time, we'd appreciate that as well. So thank you very much, and I'll see you on the other side. <laughs>